is on vacation again for the ninth mm-hmm. time this summer. Where yet? Where but are you? Where are you on location right now? Uh, Cape Cod. Oh, you're in the Cod. You're in the Cape. Yeah, Bundy? I'm in the Cape Cod. Yeah. Uh, how's the heroin epidemic going there? Uh, it's fine. I can find it wherever I want. Yeah, I've guys, heard, just come by the house. I've, I've heard it's a it, like the. They're Cape, very polite. Cape, very nice. The Cape has a bad uh, heroin epidemic. Uh, went off season, obviously. Yeah, there's there's apparently there's some places around here where um, if we really wanted to get ugly, then uh, you know, Bob's your <laughs> uncle. <laughs> every every vacation town should have that. Yeah, just in case, you know. A place, a place you could blow off some steam. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's you know, it's, and, you know, if something were bad to happen, and or something, you know, down your luck all of a sudden, like you just you need a little place where you can just bottom out. Yeah, exactly. Or if you get tired of wearing pink pants mm-hmm. and the lobster roll is a little off, you might want to go, yeah. you know, shoot yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. If you eat the green place. stuff on the on the lobster at the end of the lobster uh, oh, tails God. or whatever, oh, yeah. give me a break. Yeah, that's that's grounds for that's grounds for divorce right there. <laughs> and believe uh, me, with with the two families combining, we're 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 at for the week here with the the, the two families that are getting married, basically. Yeah, I'm I'm debating on whether heroin might be a good idea in another day or two. <laughs> Chris, we've been we've been here for uh, two days, and um, it already feels like a, a like a week and a half. I'm ready to leave. I'm ready to get. I'm ready to get out of here. You're not a cape guy. <laughs> Let's just say there's a lot of there's a lot of people, a lot of okay. people around. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yep. I, when you had mentioned that you're having dinner with your uh, with your father-in-law tonight at 5:30, mm-hmm. which is the best time to have a dinner with your father-in-law, that's it. Says a lot about him, uh, and that you can't be late. Uh, I I was like, oh, there's shit. no flexibility there. If, uh, yeah, I didn't realize this wasn't like a real vacation. I thought you were just just no. The brother-in-law is getting married, and um, right, and, right, and, and both of their immediate families on either side are staying in the same like Airbnb. Ish, wow. Yeah, oh, yeah. So both wow. both sets of like parents and then brother sister combinations and all that kind of stuff. Is there, so someone, is there someone listening right now with a glass against the door, being like, "I know he's talking is. shit about us." There probably is. <laughs> You're gonna walk out there and everyone's gonna have their arms crossed, standing in a circle, and be like, "We need mm-hmm. to talk, Chris." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly, tapping their toes. Exactly. You're out. You're out. You're out of the family. Uh, I guess my, my next question is that we could get into sports as soon as I ask this, but uh, are you drinking yet? It's 2.30 in the afternoon on July 2nd. Have you had I, a drink yet today? Uh, wow. Actually, today I have not, oddly enough. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. Wow. You, haven't, you, haven't hit, you haven't hit find the rock bottom bar yet. You're not there. No, yet. but I've been, I've been, you know, what, uh, there's some other things that are legal in Massachusetts now that I'm... Um, been oh, partaking in pretty heavily nice. here to get me Good through a couple of days. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I recommend the, uh, like just a nice five milligram gummy, you know, gets mm. you through the day. Mm-hmm. No, no one will ever be the wiser unless their name is my wife who can always tell always. <laughs> well, she has a doctor, so she's trained in these things. I was, uh, seriously. Oh man. It's, she was on, I, I, uh, I thought I was pulling it off the other day and we're at dinner and she was just like, are you high? And I was like, yes. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm busted. There's no point in lying at that point because it's like. Oh, you know. no. And it was, it was yeah. a weekend. So it was, I felt right. like, yes. She was cool. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, but it was, I was like, wow, there's no, no, nothing getting past the uh, the the, uh, yeah. the eyes of Dr. Harris. The, yes. the discerning eyes of Dr. Harris. Uh, anyway, I have no segue to get into into anything other than Chris, yes. Al, Al, Al Horf, the great <laughs> and mighty big Al Horford, who I've always properly pronounced his last name and always respected his game, is now a Philadelphia 76er. Finally. Finally. This is this is huge, actually, Chris. Can you fucking believe that shit? I I you know what? I can. It it it's it's almost fitting that. And this happens every once in a while in sports. I, I feel like, and, and and a team goes up another against another team or a player that they just can't get past or get over the hump with, or yeah. you know whatever. And it's one of those cliches, kind of sports story things, or whatever you want to call it. But it's fitting that that Philly was just like, listen, I, we need to get this guy on our team so we never have to play him again. It's can't beat him, join him. 
It's, it's yeah, it's, it, totally. It's, it's the it's Durant, that. whatever you want to call it. I mean, I, not to not to say that I called it because I didn't, but I was definitely like leaning towards the can we just have Big Al? So yeah, we can, we can have the kryptonite on our team. I I didn't think that that was a viable rumor that you brought up last week, and 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 I was like, oh yeah, okay, that would be kind of interesting. We can entertain the notion, maybe probably blah blah blah. He's going to go somewhere else. Like I, I just didn't think he would go there. But it actually makes sense a little bit. And a lot of these things are, you know, after you look at it, who who signed where and what and all the things. Like you know, there was probably signs along the way. And the one of the things for Horford on Horford's side of it, I believe, is that him having to play with a legit center. Like he well, never, yeah. he's never liked being that center guy. He wants to be the power forward kind of stretch forward, like pop out, you know, kind of dude. And I, this makes sense for him, I think, too, in a lot of ways, and and really creates some interesting offensive possibilities f- for that squad. So, as minutes before this podcast started, uh, the Sixers offered Ben Simmons a five-year, hundred and seventy million dollar max extension, mm-hmm. which would put there, which would put Embiid at five years, Harris at five years. Simmons at five years and Al Horford at four years. So it better fucking work because we're sitting on it for a long time if it does. Well, yeah, and I mean you have no choice. So you might as well just go all in here and and, and see what happens for the next four years basically. Um, to me this is I mean, you can, this is the process, right? Like this is what I think it's part of it. it all came to, right? It's part of it. I mean, it's all you know. It's also like maybe we shouldn't be saying it's a process because it's what three different iterations of it now. Like yeah. people aren't continuing the process, but but this is I think the evolution of of what teams do, and you can see it with the Nets now is, is sort of um, you know accumulating uh, assets and draft picks and bringing up a lot of homegrown players, and then stepping out and bringing in free agents to sort of help sort of round out your roster and and try to compete for a title. I think when you talk about teams trying to improve in the offseason, one of the glaring issues that they had, and a lot of this falls on the shoulders of J.J. Redick, who's now in New Orleans, is that they were just a, a bit of a, a defensive sieve, uh, especially in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even, even with Ben Simmons playing really well against Kawhi, he was still giving up 30-34 a game. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it definitely takes some of the pressure off Joel Embiid. See, he can rest more. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, there was Horford. Up, you can you can put Horford now on if they have a big man or 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 someone like Embiid doesn't have to be the guy playing defense the whole time. Like right. Horford can do that action, be the point sort of the point guy guy on defense of of taking the tougher assignment. My point exactly, and and the the other part of it is the Sixers glaringly went after a def- defensive minded draft pick in this year's draft. Right. So they yeah that I wonder if Brett Brown wasn't like. Listen, if I've got to have an entirely new team to coach again, they need to fucking play defense. And especially with I, – I don't know if Ben Simmons is coming along as a shooter. And if he's not, they need to be able to get back when he, you know, overpasses or, or clanks shit off the, off the backboard. I think that even if their final scores are, you know, in, in the 80s for wins, I, I'll take it. It's going to be a bit of a throwback. It's mm-hmm. definitely going to feel a little bit like Spurs ball. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and, and I think they are going to miss the three-point shooting, but not to make this an entirely Sixers podcast, I, I feel like Toby Harris is going to be able to to get those corner looks that he was missing during the playoffs. And and I think that Josh Richardson is a welcome addition. Uh, and sort of, I've heard people say like a poor man's Jimmy Butler, yeah. which, which I, you know. Th- Maybe a better sh- three-point shooter. If it, um, if it works out, thank you, Dwayne Wade. You know, like, thank you, Dwayne Wade, because Dwayne Wade clearly made that deal in Miami happen. And uh, and honestly, like, Dwayne Wade might have been the reason that Miami's had any of their success. He he was the one who got Shaq to go there. He was clearly the one who got Bosch and LeBron to go there. And if, mm-hmm. and if they have any success in, with, in Jimmy Butler, he Dwayne Wade should get a fucking, like, the key to the city. He should he should be the next GM when when Riley steps down. Absolutely, yeah. Or at least be yeah. He should be a part of the organization. I think for I mean the president, some capacity. Not, not GM. Yeah, right. Or or yeah. a GM too. Like whatever he wants, basically, just let him sort of take some of that stuff responsibilities on. I I agree with you, and I think you know good for him, good for Butler, like and good for the Sixers. In my like, I I think they kind of they won this sort of. I mean, you can call it free agency and stuff, but whatever developed here over the last couple of days, I think they came out ahead as best as they could, losing Jimmy Butler. Uh, like I, to be able to I, get 
to get be able to get someone like Josh Richardson, I think, is a huge win. I don't I don't know Josh Richardson's game uh, that well because I've been such a Miami hater, and it's funny because like I hate Miami and I hate the Celtics, and now I'm benefiting greatly from their yeah. players, hey, which, which it's the way it is, works. What, when I first heard sign and trade I, with the Heat, I was like, if we get fucking Goran Dragic, I'm, I'm a Blazers fan. Like, right. I was so fucking afraid. So, <laughs> and I, so, so like, I, I just felt like I was so sad to see Butler leave, but then they immediately sort of made it clear that the, this looked like a plan. Like, yep. Reed, Harris, Horford seems intentional. And, oh, my God, they're fucking gigantic. Yeah, they're huge, and it's great. And and I think Richardson is is yeah. I I I get the poor man's Butler kind of thing. I think he's a better outside shooter potentially. He's also sort of maybe stagnant, stag. Um, you got his, it. His development, yes, uh, his his development has sort of you know become stale uh, the last year or two or something. So I think everyone's kind of worried about him in Miami, and like maybe he's not as good as everyone thought he was going to be. And for a few years there, they thought he was going to be really good. Um, I think he's really good defensively. Well, but, I think he's but, a good shooter. So I, I think he, this, the, whatever they're doing now and, and putting these guys together with Horford and bringing Harris, you know, back and re-signing Mike Scott. Um, I, like you said, they're, they're getting tough, t- tougher on defense, better on defense. And, and I think they're assembling a better overall ball sharing offensive philosophy, right? Where this doesn't have to come down to Jimmy Butler, just, you know, taking control of the, of the ball and, I, I don't know if they'll have that guy to go to at the end of the games that's, like everyone kind of worries fear, about. Right? But yeah, I think they have enough yeah. options where where Harris becomes more involved. Richardson becomes more involved. And those guys kind of become, you know, one, two, three, or four options. Horford, you know, whatever. Like, one of those guys will end up getting the ball. And it's not going to – it doesn't have to be the same guy every night, I don't think. I agree. I, I, I was – you know, I, I, I've got a couple of thoughts on what you just said um, one is I still think that they're missing that guy, that, that clutch dude. Um, maybe. And, and I want, maybe like, it's Embiid, you know, like he, why I, shouldn't he be the guy? Am I just yeah. be? Because now I feel like Horford's going to be the guy, the big guy that shoots threes. And mm-hmm. I know Embiid likes it, but hopefully Brown can coach him out of that. I think that there's still a play for someone. I wish it was, you know, we've mentioned this on the pod before. And I know the intern Peter John loves this is a uh, Seth Curry. There it just feels like the right fit, but he's a free agent. Next year, so. he, he signed with da- oh he signed with Dallas. He did, yeah. yeah. See, there you go. So that's that feels like a a, a bit of a missed opportunity. But a player like that would be a nice fit. Uh, but going back to what you were saying about uh, Richardson's development, like sort of getting stale in Miami, I I wonder because you had the same issue with Hassan Whiteside. Is is Eric Spolstra good at? developing players or is he only good at coaching developed players it's a good question and it's fair now over the last couple of years i mean it's you know kind of like you're saying with stevens in, in boston is I mean, these guys might be living on a little bit more of a reputation than actual proof you know over the last couple of years and stuff so spolster might be a good coach he might be one of the best coaches in the nba but it's not he's not infallible then right and 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 the Heat have also been mired in mediocrity over the last couple of years and like signing Deion Waiters for three or four yeah. years. And, and, you know, like they've, they've made a lot of mistakes here and, and they're, they've been trying to dig themselves out of it. And this Jimmy Butler thing is, is huge for them, but oh, it's still yeah, like, sure. it's still, it's still, they're, they're, they don't have a very good team still. So for them to be, you know, they're lucky if they get maybe above the seventh seed, you know, next year in, in, in the come playoffs or something. I, I'm sure they'll be in, but they're not, you know, but Jimmy Butler alone doesn't solve their problems here. So well, and get, some of that probably has to do with, with Riley and, and them just trying to, instead of tanking, which I think Riley never wants to do, they just old. keep trying to, they're just trying to tread water though. And, and it, and that's not necessarily the, the best way to go for two or three or four years in a row either. Riley not wanting to tank is because he's so fucking old. He cannot stand the idea of being irrelevant. Like his, right. the clock's ticking on that. Right. But, look at but like, instead they make these dumb, you know, like signings for all these, you know, middling players and then they have a terrible roster. Well, but, but does that go back to Spo? Like uh, look at like Shabazz Napier, right? Like yep. he turned out to be a serviceable point guard in yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah. But in Miami – he could. He never learned the game. He he never yeah. learned under Spolster. Spolster, like I, I, I'm just wondering if this is a take. And and I love Spo. I th- I fucking think he is. Uh, no one could have handled the teams with LeBron oh, and Bosch sure. and all those personalities right. the way he did. And more uh, to your point, then. I, I just I, I feel like maybe there's something there, and and so maybe 
just maybe Butler is the perfect place for for or Miami's the perfect place for Butler because I yeah because he's a he's been a fucking quote unquote headache for so many teams. Spolstra is just yeah. I mean, I I, I feel like he's gonna really like playing there and and maybe and he, a team that should be taking will become right. a a a seventh or eighth seed that could surprise someone in the playoffs. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I, I, they could be dangerous. You know, they could still maybe make some moves somewhere along the way. I think getting rid of Whiteside is probably a big help for the for the team overall. Maybe you know potentially like there's a lot of potentials and maybes there on that team that could go either way over the next year and stuff so so it'll be interesting to see the, I, I want to say this before if we move off of Miami but someone i guess on reddit sort of made the um, jj reddit <laughs> jj reddit made some comparison about how jimmy butler's uh, career is paralleling the guy who killed um johnny versace what <laughs> Apparently, the guy who killed Gianni Versace, whatever long ago that was, killed and made stops in the same cities and killed people, I think, in those cities oh, that Jimmy Butler has oh, played shit. in, almost in the exact same sequence. That's crazy. That and that's crazy. like, that's when, you know, like the internet still is like thank, a good thing. Exactly. That was my initial reaction was, thank God for the fucking internet. There, <laughs> It's that and like the five minute Christopher Walken dancing a clip that like <laughs> keep me like happy. That the internet exists. Um, uh, so, so, so there's a million fucking things to talk about. Uh, sure. For, you know, post free agency. I, mm-hmm. Has Kawhi found a home yet? I don't think so. No, uh, and there's rumors. Everyone keeps saying he's he's locked into Lakers, but then apparently he's already him or his party or whoever you want to say is, is saying like he won't make a decision till the end of the week. Yeah. Which I think is so Kawhi and on brand for him. He's such a fucking weirdo. Uh, Which is also great though, because if if he does if, the, if he doesn't go to the Lakers, this screws the Lakers over so much with uh, you know any other potential free agents that they, they could like good ones they could sign. Well, did, you, did you see that he said he would only talk to fucking Magic Johnson? Right? And he was like, you can't right? talk to Magic Johnson again. Fucking yeah, numbskull. Like, well, he could talk to him just as a representative yeah, of the Lakers. Yeah, so exactly. it's like – Call call Magic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I think they did. I think they talked already. So I'm like, uh, all right, uh, yeah. It, that shit just blows me away. I I am shocked that, that the Clippers can't get anybody because they're supposed to have the best everything. Right. Uh, it's just so – it's so Clippers-Knicks. It's like mm-hmm. the two teams that we grew up with kind of failing on this end. Yep. Yeah. Are still failing on this end. Like, wh- yeah. where's Wes Unseld when you need him? You know, like it's. it's... <laughs> and Jerry was a Jerry Reynolds, I think, for the yes. Kings. Was there terrible? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I I don't want to rub this. I don't want to rub it into the Knicks too hard, um, because I think that we have a beautiful Knicks lament podcast waiting for yeah. us. I'm mm-hmm. sure both RJ and Molly cried, like legit cried. My Mike Mike is. I mean, I'm... Mike's Mike's reaction was was insane like he's very mad i will uh, rj weaver's uh quote uh mr weaver who comes on the pod said that he was going to kill himself uh in a in an ikea on an un- unhooked toilet <laughs> which so that says a lot i i think there i think there's something to a to another nick's lament pod it will be hard for me i i did want to say uh and i've said this before it's just one word and it's it's a word that we all know it's 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 my opera. It's the name of my my coming opera, which is Gamblero. Gamblero. <laughs> the curse of Gamblero continues. You don't kill Gamblero. This is the most proof of a curse of Gamblero, if there ever was one. And that no one will ever talk about or know of, basically. Either. Exactly. But it, yeah, I mean, come on. Was this not? It's. The, I mean, I, it's. I, it's I mentioned that together. to Mike. And he said the only good thing about this is that Gamblero will not be able to see KD play in Brooklyn. So <laughs> clearly, clearly there is some animosity there. Um, I mean, we should talk about that. It's it's the it's it's you know it's the, not even an elephant in the room, but it is. Well, I mean, we talked about it last week as like, and, and I brought this up to Mike Forkanov was you know how funny is this all going to be for months? Everyone was so assured it was everyone was going to the Knicks, and then they get nothing. And in fact, and then from that even, and then just going, hey, let's give five other guys like really impressive contracts for two years and it's pay so- those guys instead of trying to take other people's bad contracts and getting other assets I, that way with this. 
It's like it's it's just another band aid on a fucking gaping compound fracture. It's it's <laughs> it's insane. The the New York Times chimed in. The fucking New York Times chimed in and said that the NBA has passed the Knicks by. Like it's not like anyone's reading the New York Times for their sports coverage, but like it's become literary. Like it's yeah. it's it's intense how bad it's, this all fell apart. And I love Julius Randle. I think he's yep. a perfect Knicks fit. We talked right. about it. I we yep. talked about that weeks ago. Yeah. But 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 man, I ugh, But you know, adding but it's one thing to add him and, and that's fine to give him a good contract and pay him for as many years as you want. And I'm okay with that one too. But then then to go and then assign two more, you know, power forward stretch four type guys and Bobby Portis and uh, whoever the other the third one was, I can't remember his name. And like, Bobby all right, so now you're Portis. It's like, uh, give me a break. Like, yeah, you're not. Why? Why are you paying three guys that basically play the same position the exactly. same amount of money? And exactly. I, I, like, it just none of it makes sense. And I was ready to sort of give the Knicks and these guys and, and Perry and Mills and, and their front office guys a little bit of a credit. Going, listen, okay, they're not. They're not going to get the marquee guys, but then they're going to sit back and they're going to do things the right way and let the young guys develop and not do anything crazy. And then they go and do stuff crazy. And then they give Wayne Ellington a contract and like guys they just don't need. And now or they Fisdale. have right, right. And now they have basically they fi- they start they signed like a, a starting five worth of guys to to like big contracts that that they already had a full enough roster. Where I, I don't understand now they're going to have to get rid of more guys that are younger that. Like, is Alonzo Trier going to have to get cut now because these guys are on the roster all of a sudden? Like, that's where I'm also a little unsure about this whole thing. There's all these transactions now. Is it, how does it affect their overall roster and numbers? It's, it's uh, No matter what happens in Brooklyn, you know, Stephen A. said it well. Like, Brooklyn's done in three years what the Knicks haven't been able to do in half a century. Like, yeah, it's, absolutely. That's fucking crazy. That's yeah. crazy. And it's crazy. It, and it's the same city. It's the same market. Like, it has to be a Dolan thing. It just, I can't, he's the Absolutely. only constant. And, right. I, and I was talking to the night, which I'll get to because it's hilarious. The intern and I went to the casino last night. Uh, well, yeah, it was nice. It's good having the intern uh, in, in person. Somebody yeah. will go, someone who will go and watch me place uh, terrible sports book bets. Um, <laughs> but before we get to that, you know, we were talking, we, we, we were, we were talking about how like the league can't even get, Involved, like the chance was when Dolan and Isaiah were like out, like raping interns. You know, like that was when. Yeah, right. That's when they could have taken the team away. They're not going to get another opportunity like that. Like Dolan is now like a super, super dry. He's not going to have a slip up. He's gonna. Right. I think. I think he's going to be the. I think he's going to be the owner of this team for a long time, and I. I think that it's. I think it's a shame. I think there's only the only thing comparison or or example I can I can think of where the league can kind of go like listen dude it's time for you to go and 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 kind of quietly backdoor and it, and and it's my example is with the Dodgers like ten over ten years ago or something when I think uh, it was like Frank McCourt or whatever's the dude that that owned the Dodgers. And he was really terrible, and he he really he literally had no money basically to do anything. So they were just sucking, and yeah, and he couldn't pay for players or whatever. And, and they, the whole thing was just a crap. And their their tenants started tanking, and their tents tanked enough at, until one point where it was like around thirty thousand average per game or something. And that was ten to fifteen thousand different in attendance for like from the years before and then after and stuff. And basically, I think the league came in and was like, "You have to sell." And he was going he was going to go through a divorce. And then the league, basically, I think the league basically stepped in at that point and was like, "Listen, you you have to sell this team. You have to you have to go away." Yeah, and I mean, he was like, I, and they're like, "You're going to get paid, right? And you're going to get two billion dollars for the Dodgers, and you're going to be happy, and you just need to go away so we can kind of move on with this and, and make this better or something." And so maybe in some way, shape, or form that they can, there's there's enough proof here now over the years that this is. And it, and it happens with every sports team. Like you can look at you can look at the the New England Patriots when Kraft took over this team, and and you can make fun of them all you want now. But over the last twenty years, they've been the best organization in football, and on the, all these things. So well, that there was, is one hundred percent truth the, to that. What the ownership is is a huge part of the the culture and the ability of a successful franchise. The problem is is that the Kraft example was you know the the Patriots got the or the Kraft got the Patriots from the Kyams. And the Kayams had been bankrupted because they 
did a poor job of uh, promoting a Jackson 5 tour uh, and, and basically were broke and they had to sell. Uh, the Dolans will never be broke. This is just a rich kid who's going to be, right. you know, he's just, yeah. so that, so that's, it's a tough. No, but I just, I just made an example as, as a successful owner who, who, who uh, or, or an organization that thrives under an, uh, a good owner. Right. At some no, point, no, there's, right? there's no, yeah, yeah. If we're going back to that for sure, like a good uh, ownership means everything. Like Dolan, at, you have all the proof you need that Dolan Jordan. can Michael never. Jordan is yeah. a shit owner. He's a shitty yeah. owner. Right. And, they're, they're, and and you can put anyone you want in that general manager position or coaching. Yep. They, right. it, they're going to fucking suck. Like they're, they, they're going to suck if they have bad ownership. I feel that's a blanket statement, but that's just sort of, I think if you go through any storied franchise, you will find a good owner. Look at like fucking Jerry Jones. He's a terrible owner and that team could not fucking pull their head. Exactly. Out. Exactly. Right. To 100%. That's probably the best example of, of, Almost, you know, tit for tat here on on exa- of an example of uh, a storied franchise or su- a supposedly storied franchise who has all the history, basically, and success of, in the history of this, for, you know, way beyond the last twenty to thirty years or whatever. So, that's a great example, I think, and and I, that's absolutely the proof. I might I, well, I might have misspoke. They do have Jason Witten, so uh, I don't. <laughs> right. So I they'll don't. win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, then, exactly. Right. Go fuck. They might. No. <laughs> Anyway, so Chris, I want to. I, I we're half an hour in, and and we've. I I think maybe it's it's sort of a foregone conclusion. It's not really worth talking about Brooklyn. I think until KD's there, I I I don't like D'Angelo. I don't like Kyrie over D'Angelo Russell, but that's just my. my but if you got Durant, then then fine. Then you're then you exactly. you can live with Kyrie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I I do want to know who you whose moves you liked. And who you're excited about going into the into this upcoming NBA season? Yeah, so let me just—I want to say quickly, uh, and I'll get to that. But I do want—I got a little spiel on the Nets that I want to give them props oh, for, for as, as a as a as a Nets what fan, they've you, done. You should, you should be able to do this. I apologize. Go right no, no, it's fine. And and but no, but just it's even more. It's it's sort of like they almost had this. They played the game, I think, better than anybody else did in the last two to three months, of of knowing. What to expect going in, even before free agency started, and and being able to, to trade Alan Crabb, dumping his salary to open yep. up free, giving up two first round picks, and and getting getting Tayshawn Prince back was was a huge like move like and before and now you see you saw like all these other people that had to dump salaries in the last couple of days during free, actual free agency yeah. leading into it yeah. had to give up a lot more value to get rid of other contracts. Which was another thing that Miami did well with, I think, Hassan Whiteside was actually getting value back in that trade. But um, for them to so to, to, to make that move and then that set everything else up to getting Kyrie and Durant to take less money because they wanted Jordan to come in. And then without having to dump anybody else in, on top of that to, to bring in. And, and DeAndre Jordan, like, I don't, I think you and I both feel the same way about him. And I don't think he's that good anymore, but I think he's a good serviceable, serviceable backup. He had 10 good games last year, like 10, and the, like, and that's fine. Like throwback games. And I, like, I'm I okay paying him out of him. Right. Yeah. And I'm okay paying him $10 million a year. I think is what came out that they're going to pay him. He is going to be the backup. He will not take role or minutes over of Jared Allen. So people like on Twitter and the internet can stop freaking out about that. Cause that's, he doesn't even, he doesn't even want him. He doesn't even want him. No, but they'll take him on there. They'll play. He'll play a little bit here and there. He can. Sp- they need a backup to Allen who can spell him. You know, in more games or more minutes here and there. Or, or if they need some a little bit bigger of a body, which everyone thinks he, he's going to be the problem solver for Embiid, it, but that's it, not going to be the case. Beats, but it beats the fuck out of what the Sixers had to do last year and get a Greg Monroe who right. who can't last out there right. against a real right. team. Yeah, exactly. So he's a, he's a legit still. He you know he can play fifteen to twenty minutes a game. He'll average a double double, which is basically all you need and, and want. Um, but but this for the Nets, I think the, the Nets just I think they just they read the room the room right. I guess if you want to say that and just played this perfectly. And and whether they even got Kyrie and Durant, uh, like everything every move they made, I think was just they were playing like five or six steps ahead of everybody else in the league. I, I felt like it just feels like. And then picking up Garrett Temple, like another guy for. For um, like I think it was ten million for two years or whatever it was. Like he's a good versatile wing guy again. Like so, you still have a deep 
I have an incredibly deep bench roster. Guys, you're not going to have to pay. They're not even, and, then, and to top it all off, the icing on all this for the Nets is that they're not even going to be in the luxury tax for this season right. or next, I think. Which is bonkers because this is a team that lived in the luxury tax when they first started in the league with their right. their original right. big three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you hit, you said it before, like they, what they've done in three years, I mean, has, has been nothing short of phenomenal. And um, so they're, I mean, obviously they're kind of like one of the very more impressive teams, in, even though I'm, I like them as an organization. Anyways, I think they did really well, and I think they did even better than people are even understanding. And that was my whole point about with the Nets. I, um, I will buy that. Okay. Uh, otherwise, the other teams I really liked, and, and I think this is pretty... I had the same thought about the NFL draft when I was kind of following it and watching all the teams and the, and the, and the, and the picks that they made. And I came away with the NFL draft as going, you know what? I think everyone did really kind of well. Like no one, no one was like, except for maybe the Jets or something who you can always make a case that never draft well. But everyone seemed to make solid draft decisions. Hmm. And, 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 just, and obviously this is not this is purely from a spectator standpoint where you're like, oh, okay, they needed a safety. That guy was pretty highly rated. They got him in the fifth round when everyone thought he was going to go in the second or third round or something. You know, it's like all those kinds of things to me just sort of was like, oh, this, you know, that's tur- kind of turned out well for everybody, it seems like. You know, obviously it's not going to in the long right, run. But, right. but, but on the surface, it kind right. of does. Right. And over the, a lot of the years, you're always going like, man, that team really screwed things up or that yeah. team really made bad decisions and stuff. And, and I never, I, I think almost all the teams, seem to make sound decisions. So anyway, I feel like that's the same thing with the, with the NBA free agency. Like people, I mean, everyone's paying a shitload of money here for players, which is crazy, but that's just the norm. So let's forget about that notion. That, but players, I mean, the Trailblazers, I think, did a phenomenal job of picking up and re-signing assets. Um, to, 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 I don't even know if they improved themselves necessarily, but they just sort of reinvented their roster a little bit differently than what they had. So, you know, a little more offensive out of maybe Baysmore and maybe Hazonia. Whiteside is, is a center. I think they just like that big center guy. And so if Nurkic, Nurkic is, is injured for a while. Which he will be. Which he will be. Um, and then even giving up Harkless for the trade for Whiteside, which I didn't like. But then they go out and sign Anthony Tolliver, who is kind of a, a version of, of Harkless anyway. So... They knew what they were doing in, they were like, okay, we can get rid of Harkless because we can sign Tolliver and make this okay. So I thought they did a really good job. And I, the Pacers, I think, really kind of maybe stole the show here. And no one's really going to give them any, I don't think they're going to give them much, much hype for it. They're not but at the, all. But right. explain, because I, I, I liked giving up, I liked giving up Bogdanovich. I don't think, I, I, I. Everybody's so amped on the on Utah right now, and I just don't yeah. get it. Maybe you can explain it to me. But yeah. I, 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 why do you think the Pacers did, did I so mean, well? To, to be able to get Brogdon for for a first and a couple seconds, like to be and to have Milwaukee agree to that sign and trade. Yeah, I thought it was like incredible. It's a coup. It's a coup. And losing out on Ricky Rubio, and, and which I think was actually probably better in the long run. Not for Ricky Rubio. <laughs> right, right. Well, for the Pacers. Everybody wins, I think, on that one, actually. Um, and I think Brogdon probably ends up becoming their point guard then, maybe. Which, uh, which is, is probably which fine. is fine, then. And that's a good thing. Um, is Oladipo due to be back at the start of the season or no? No. So he comes back halfway through it. So that's, like, the only thing here is, But I think they they can tread water for a little while until until he Oladipo's healthy enough to do it. Um, Talk about um, it. And they kept Sabonis, right? They kept Sabonis. Nice. Um, they kept Turner still there. Like maybe at some point they can go, Hey, we can get rid of this guy now. Well, make or a trade maybe for he something should else. be as good as he's supposed to be. Maybe or maybe, yeah. Happen. Right. I don't know. So, I mean, I think they, I think they set themselves up to, to go in many directions, you know, good or bad, um, whatever they need to do. Like if, if, if it's not working out, then they can trade some of these guys away or do whatever they need to do, or they can make a run in the playoffs, you know, potentially that. So I like them. I, I kind of like what Utah's done, doing too. Like, you got rid of favors and you brought in some other guys now and you kind of reshuffle their roster a little this, bit and the, see if I, I can't disagree more. I feel like Utah looks like the fucking nets of old. Like they just feel like a team that's like grabbing players that yeah. are, are either over that have been overachieving and overpaying them. I, yeah. I think that I think Mitchell is is overrated. I, mm. do, I just don't I, I don't see the glue. Everyone's like they're they right. right now they right now are favored to win the West over Portland, who I think is a 
far better team, a much more uh, like organically crafted through the draft ball club. Like I, I feel like they're the the to me Portland stole the draft. I to me Portland just is putting all the right pieces together. And I agree, more losing more Mo Harkless is rough, but they picked him up for nothing. And now they got fucking Evan Turner in the gone. Like I I that to me at plus eighteen hundred to win the West is a steal. Mm-hmm. And actually I big ups to Eric Alvarez for pointing that out to me. But but Utah at plus twelve hundred is a to win the West? Give me a no, I, break. I, yeah, that I don't I don't think is um I, I agree with you 100% in that sense. I, I, I think you're right. They were grabbing pieces, whatever they could, but they did, they had to reshuffle this roster a little bit, so they had to make different moves, and sometimes you just have to make moves to make moves, I think, personally. I, I, but, just, I feel like it's the, it's the, it's the fun, like, le, like Winterhurst and, and Simmons. Like, let's, let's pick the team early on that we think is going to be a sleeper, and I think they'll be good because Utah's always good. Right. But, but I, I, don't, I just don't see the, like, I, I, I don't see them – doing shit even with even if Kawhi doesn't go to the league yeah and I, I don't necessarily think this these roster changes make them a better team either um interesting question though who do you think is a better team than they, a better team than they were at 559 on Sunday I, I honestly I think I think Portland is is potentially a, a better team I maybe they're not as strong on defense now which isn't really saying anything because they weren't that good on defense. Maybe really anyway. Um, not that, not or, that good. Or on that defense. strong. Like like the English team that just led the U.S. Uh, score a goal on an amazing header. Uh, spoiler alert. Sorry. Buddy. Nice. Yeah. That's all right. Uh, I'm okay with going. it. Was, Give me feed me feed me the updates. I'm um, to. <laughs> uh, like I, well, the, the probably the overall thing that makes me think of this now is is the the balance of power right and like it's not just the West anymore. There's a lot of a lot better teams in the East now. And and this whole thing about you know how years ago people were saying like oh the the East will never be as good as the the West ever again and all the good teams and players want to play out West and stuff and that's at some point you knew this was going to happen where this was going to balance back out a little bit and there's there's a lot more teams I, I I think I think the Sixers have improved I think that obviously the Nets have improved it's, even without Durant playing next year I I I, I agree with that statement of. Yeah, and I like that the, the league has been shuffled up a bit. I like that there's no clear dynasty for a bit. I do like I, – I feel like the NBA has always been a dynasty league, and I, I don't have a problem with that. I love that there are great teams. Uh, and if the Lakers yeah. end up being a great team, so be it. Although Fine. I would prefer if Kawhi stayed in Toronto because I'd like mm. to just have the opportunity to beat them. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm a I, – I guess I, I – I'm a, a little on the fence of like if I think that anyone really got better. To be honest, I think the Celtics maybe got better, and and it's not because they gained it, not because of what they gained in free agency, but what mm-hmm. they lost. Like mm-hmm. I think they're a team that Brad Stevens can coach. I yeah. Now I think that that was always the problem. I think he's got his little his little team that will do whatever he says and pass the ball ninety times and play Hoosier ball. And you know I hope that. I, you know, I hope that Dennis Hopper comes and works out as an assistant coach for him. Like, I think that's going to be perfect. But I do think that they, uh, in reality, did get better by subtraction. Like, maybe there's, maybe you can lose, not lose in free agency, but lose some players in free agency and become a better team. Yeah, I, Boston's weird because I, when we talked about last week with Mike Vorkanov, and he was, you know, worried about maybe sort of losing defensive abilities with with Horford specifically, and I and I don't disagree with him, and especially now that Cantor's probably going to be their starting center, um, even though I, I feel like they're still going to try to make another move or two at least in Boston. That's but, dude, they're so fucked. If Enos Cantor is their starting center, I yeah. th- then I take it. It's not. Back. It's it's not They've good, got, but. They gotta figure something out. But two years ago, they 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 did play. They did play like the team defensively, team basket, team defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and it you know worked. they they right, and they don't usually beat themselves. They're usually in places. They they don't make mistakes. Those kinds of things. And I and I think their defense abilities around the center position it can help can help sort of um, re- alleviate some of that trouble and whatnot. So I, I don't know if it's going to be a huge drop-off defensively for him. Also, it might. If, if they just if no one's as good as we think they all are and Tatum isn't this all, all-star waiting to happen kind of thing, then yeah, they're going to be terrible probably. But I, um, I, 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 but I, I, I think you're think right. I'm leaning more towards your mo- your side of things is that they're, they are probably better 
efficiently, offensively, and and whatnot. And and but the reality is, is they're probably still the fourth seed or you know fifth seed come playoff times again, maybe here. Yeah. So depending on what happens with with Kawhi and Toronto. I mean, I think um, I think saying that that the poison was Kyrie and Rozier is bullshit because those are the two players that got you there two years ago. But who right. fucking knows? I mean, I, yeah, I just right. I, I mean, I the, the, there's a lot of poison to go around here a little bit, and you know, it's a little Stevens, a little Ainge, it's a little bit of everybody. It's it, a little and you can't make predictions Tatum. in July for what's going right. to happen in a yeah, yeah, yeah. season. And I I think that what the big pump the brakes thing is is like who's best set up to pick the pieces off of a team that's floundering and get those late players come play you know right before exactly. playoff time like right. before the trade right. deadline that's right that's going to be the team that is really set up to right win. so as you know as potentially bad as the lakers might be without Kawhi or houston who hasn't been able to do anything or okc who can't do anything i think they're they're too their salary cap situation is too screwed up like all these teams can come around in in february and and pick up those guys off the waiver wire or released or trades or whatever you want to do uh, so you're right. It, it's 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 don't count any of those teams out. And, and even as I'm trying to think of other teams, as you asked me, like who really improved themselves, I I almost wanted to say it, I think more teams I think took steps backwards. Yeah, you know, I, like I Boston, mean, like Milwaukee, maybe even I think a little bit here. But look at potentially. So the one team that I think that improved the most in both the draft and in free agency is New Orleans. Which is not mm, a, a leap, yeah, but right. But even without Zion, that team is is better than they were with Anthony Davis. I just really oh, believe for that. sure, like way deeper, yeah, way more talent across the board just instead a, of just better, one superstar a and better crap. team. Yeah, a yeah, better team. So, yeah. so to to me, that is the team to watch, and I I really mean that. I know it's a popular, I know it's a popular opinion, but I I mean it more than just in the like drafting as landing on Zion. Like I. JJ's a Absolutely. great fit for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Derek they, Favors. Yeah, yeah. They just picked all the right pieces up. Yeah. I, 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 mm-hmm. I love that team. I'm sorry for Seattle because I really wanted that to be their new squad. <laughs> but if New Orleans can become a basketball city, then then great. Maybe the Jazz should give them their fucking name back. Um, well, they should actually. I think they should. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And and actually, you know what? More to your point with that organization, then is it might be one of the few times. And it's not quite the same owner because obviously the guy died and his his wife took, has taken over now. But a, a floundering organization who couldn't do anything in, in in multiple iterations of that team over the years, coming and going. And now if 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 she's able to do and 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 structure this organization correctly and let it and let it you know sort of develop and blossom into something positive, which would be unheard of then. And and one of the few times where. Basically, it's the same ownership name. Um, is able to turn things around would be incredible. Well, maybe we need a few more female owners in, yeah, uh, right? in, in, in mm-hmm. sports in general. Uh, not, not named Marge Shot. Uh, speak, <laughs> speaking of females, because I'm the master of bad segue, uh, I did want to talk about. Oh, before we get into females, even worse okay. segue. Uh, yeah. So, so first of all, shout out to the intern. We haven't talked about him in a while. He's been a little. He, he's gone dark, but now that he's living in the same city as me. He's going to be forced onto this podcast. We're we're having we're having Peter on. He he, good. he disagrees, but he was uh, good enough. I can't tell if he came to the casino. Is he just sitting me. in the corner right now, like staring at you? No, and he's, his in, head. he's in Kate's uh, crate. He's in. I, I, I make him. I make him sit in the crate while while I podcast. Uh, Bring out the gimp. Yeah, exactly. Eeny, mean. No, I won't even do it. Uh, so so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, so I go out to I go I go out to the sports book, which is a three minute drive from my apartment. Uh, it's terrible sports book. It's nowhere near DraftKings. You can place really basic, boring bets, uh, but you can. What I discovered is bet on the summer league, uh, which oh. immediately Peter gets his cell phone out and is starting to look up all of the summer league rosters so we can try to find <laughs> an edge. So we're just uh-huh. standing. Imagine me and Peter standing in front of a kiosk. In the Rivers Casino in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, <laughs> Peter illegally with his cell phone out, where there are signs that say no cell phones, uh, with clearly looking up rosters as I like keep refreshing the screen to see what the odds are. Um, and we actually did. I, I got Peter John to place a bet. He he went halvesies on. Oh boy! One bet with me for a summer league champion, which is a a fool's bet. Some would say, including the Washington yeah. Post. But why not? But why the fuck not? Uh, Chris, guess who we put our uh, hard-earned money on? 
boy. East Coast or, or West Coast division team? Uh, it's an East. It's an an Eastern Conference team. Eastern Conference team. That right. Uh, and they did not make the playoffs last year. The Washington Bullets. No. Oh. The Atlanta Hawks. Oh, okay. At, yeah. At plus four thousand. That you makes can get more Cam sense. Reddish and gang. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the clear favorite, which blew us away, but now looking at the rosters makes sense, was the Knicks. Uh, but I guess Zoe Trier mm. and a couple of their like decent players from last year are going to play. And they're okay. like plus 750. And then Croatia, okay. I guess they're letting international teams play this year. Uh, Croatia is the second ranked team. Oh, I like this little thing. I like it, that actually. It's it's fun. You should check out the lines. It's a like I said, the Washington Post did a whole piece on on how uh, if you're betting on summer league, you might have a problem, uh, which the <laughs> intern actually found for me. And I'm not even sure he didn't come with me to make sure that I'm not like I don't have a gambling problem. Absolutely. Uh, I 100%. did. I did. Which is what I need. I I only place that summer league bet. I put a little scratch on the Sixers' uh, future to win it all. England mm-hmm. just tied, by the way. Uh, I know, one one, uh, and also a, I put a I put your World Cup bet in, which is finally getting to my point of this entirely boring rant, which was weeks ago you had said keep an eye on the Netherlands. Yep, and I took that in from that that little tidbit that that line to heart, mm-hmm. and yep. I pl- I placed a bet on them to make the final four, which was a DraftKings bet that I found super fun. Ooh, okay, uh, at ten to one. So thank you, uh, mm-hmm. and You're then welcome. I and then I reached out to you and said I want to let this ride. What should I do? And your your uh, your great answer and input was to <laughs> parlay U.S. Netherlands. Uh, as a final, yep. which seemed great one second when I started this rant, but now <laughs> that England has tied the game, feels a little. I'm a little less enthusiastic about. What? Uh, did, how but, was the it, how was the England sc- scored? Was it was it legit or was it kind of fluky? It, it was lit. It was legit. It was a great. Okay. It was a great great center and a great okay. kick. Almost uh, almost exactly. The, the U.S. had a very similar goal. Both goals have been good strikes. Okay. Uh, it's a, it's, I think this is going to be a fun one. So, uh, and, and, you know, uh, Rapinoe is not starting, right? She, she's going to come oh. off the bench. Ooh, see, that's, that's a sneaky good end of the game kind of scoring opportunity. Well, I think, I think she's a, got a yellow card, right? So they need to be careful with her. Yeah. Uh, right. To, right. So I, if they're losing, I'm sure you'll see her, but I have a feeling you might not see her at all if they're winning late in the game. Uh, oh, by the way, speaking of Rapino, real quick, uh, if Rapinoe. you haven't, it's, it's Rapino, <laughs> kind, kind of the same way you like to say Johnny Versace. Uh, uh, I, like, <laughs> I like to say Rapino or Rapino, you know. Um, Sue Bird wrote an article on the Players Tribune. Um, oh, awesome! Yeah, about her girlfriend and Rapino and how amazing she is and about how it ties in with uh, the president and the whole thing. I have not read it yet, but everyone is saying it should win a Pulitzer prize. Apparently. Really? really? Yes. I can't, I can't, I can't fucking wait. That's just a great couple. And that's honestly the reason I'm rooting so hard for the U S is because yes. like it just, it's, it, she's, a, she's the exact hero. And I might've said this on last pod, but if I didn't sometimes sports alliance with politics so perfectly, Mm-hmm. That you need that, and I'm not gonna like say like this is a Jesse Owens moment, but it definitely she is the voice of a lot of Americans, and mm-hmm. and she and and if and if they win and and she sticks to her word and doesn't visit the White House or does she and makes it political or what have you, it's important. It's a, it's mm-hmm. it's hugely important right now, and and uh and I hope that's what happens. But you know who knows? But it, it's it's. <laughs> I, I just you were I, almost I, finished I, I, so I wanted, strong there. <laughs> I, I know, I know, but then I honestly I saw the England like almost score a goal, and then I just backed off the whole fucking thing. <laughs> I should not watch sports and fucking make a really he powerful shouldn't. political commentary. <laughs> I shouldn't do it. I should be distracted by the outcome of the game. There's just like it looks like a, a PK for England. So don't anyway, worry, I guarantee I, you, USA will score at least twice more, and, and England will be lucky if they score a second time. Okay, great. take it to Thank the bank. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. Uh, I I also if if we're about ready to shut this down, I have, mm-hmm. <laughs> I have one really embarrassing. <laughs> <Sure>. uh, <laughs> I have one really 
embarrassing plug I need to do. Um, Lay it on us. If you guys are in the Whitefish, Montana area, my mom, Cheryl Amateur, will be uh, selling things at the Market Beautiful uh, Vintage uh, Fair, which will be this this weekend in Whitefish, Montana. So, (laughs) listeners, if you're... Yes. Check it out. She's got some really nice stuff. I'm sure it's really fantastic. Go buy some things. Support the Amateur family. Is there any mom plugs you want to do on this... On this uh, eve of Fourth of July Eve, no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, do you have any last things you want to talk about? I, I I feel like I covered kind of what I wanted to talk about. I know there's a million other things we could chat about, but we we definitely got our we definitely got our 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 emergency pod in. I feel like yes, our, yeah, someone emergency. No, I think we covered. Uh, I, I think we covered everything we needed to cover. Um, and uh, we can leave it there, and we can uh, figure out what to talk about next time. It won't be hard. We can no, talk about it. I'm sure. We're yeah. Good at it. We can we can talk about Rapino and uh, Johnny and and all the cast of characters. And maybe yeah. yeah, and maybe maybe even like the Greek freak uh, Giannis uh, Akitetopoupo, as you like to call. <laughs> and maybe right, we'll be celebrating on. a Women's World Cup. Uh, I hope well. so. God yes. bless America, Chris. Right? Go light those yeah. fireworks off. I'm Go sparkle your right faces. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sparkle your faces all. <laughs> Peace all right, out. Chris. Take this yep. in. Bye. Bye. Bye.